What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. I'm John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Yep, been on the road a couple days, uh, went away for the weekend, got a chance to do something a little bit different, and now we're back. Still no cat sitting over here, but we'll get there. I think I'm going to take some cardboard and make like a little makeshift box that'll fit just this space so that, uh, yeah, maybe if I put something that looks important, the cat will lay on top of it, so yeah. Alright, let's read some stories. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were an iPhone expert. I'm Asian, and obviously English is not my first language. Please bear with me. Emotional, damn it! With the latest iPhone comes my memory of a call when I was working as a tech support for Sprint, a U.S. teleco, now merged with T-Mobile. Me, thank you for calling Sprint, how can I help you today? Him, before we proceed, I would just like to tell you that I've been an iPhone user since the very beginning. I'm an iPhone expert, so can we just cut the crap? He was full-on sassy, yet very condescending. But I'm glad that he's an expert. Probably an easy call. Me. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were an expert, so how can I be of assistance then? Him. I just got an upgrade and got this latest iPhone X, so I'm not getting any calls nor texts. Me. That's an easy fix. Then I walked him through with the steps on how to update the data profile. Afterwards, he hung up the phone on me. So this guy was an iPhone expert and couldn't even be bothered to like try to Google the answer? <laughs> yeah, expert. Right. Anybody that says they're an expert in anything, I generally tend to think they're just a moron trying to look important. That team's status won't stop me. I can't read. I don't know what that means. What up, Tales from Tech Support? A few Fridays ago, one of our frequent flyers made like Randy Meisner of the Eagles and took me to the absolute limit of my patience. User has a nasty habit of doing literally anything to avoid putting in a ticket. This is especially infuriating for me as I used to be the guy that all the walk-ups at an old job would bother. Hence my flair. Walk-ups in the restroom, elevator, stairwell, in the middle of a meeting, and even the parking lot. Anyways, this user knows this is my biggest pet peeve. Even a call would be better. So as is tradition, she starts having an issue. Doesn't read the prompt. Immediately DMs my supervisor who's on lunch. Then immediately DMs my lazy as hell neighbor who decides to just take lunch to avoid the user. Great. Thanks, bud. I love soloing the help desk. Then my team's dings in defiance of the status I've put up. Roses are red. Rabbits live in thickets. Tech support runs on cues, so I need you to put in a ticket. I like that. I ignore it. The last three times this happened, it's because she opened File Explorer and needed someone to click this PC for her to find her network drives. I'm in the middle of submitting an application to a three-letter agency, and it's both time-sensitive, and if I beans it up, I'm in for four layers of bureaucracy in addition to the two to four month minimum this process takes. The user shows up, walks past my desk to the other desks, sees they're empty, and then does that thing. You know the thing. 
The, I'm going to stand behind you and breathe down your neck till you acknowledge me and fix this for me now thing? I'm already annoyed. I ignore it. User. Chud. I'm sorry. I'm having problems. <laughs> Chud. Oh, I see. Yeah, sorry. I'm just doing this application real quick. User. Can you come look at it, please? Chud. Fine. So we walk over to the conference room. They're making small talk like this is a friendly chat. We get there and they're not even having a meeting. This is not a dire issue. They're getting an error message on that machine that they need Visio Desktop to make edits to a file. So that error says you need to use the desktop version. User. What? Well, I think this machine has that. She's gesticulating at the other person in the room who has a laptop and clearly hadn't even read the error message. Right. User. Oh, but we aren't going to use that machine for this. Chud. Okay, so we need it on the conference machine then, right? You do have a license, correct? User. Yes. So I start installing it. Of course this machine has project on it as well, so it's getting the error that they can't both be installed as they don't play nice with each other. User. So-and-so could do this on the web. I don't know why this is being this way. Chud. Yeah, no idea. All I'm doing is telling you that the error says we need the desktop version. User. Huh. Well, this is so weird. Yeah, so I guess I'll just uninstall Project for now, unless you guys need that more. User. Oh, don't do that. You don't have to do that. I don't know why I can't use it on the web. You don't need to uninstall anything. Chud. Unfortunately, it doesn't tell me why it can't be opened on the web. It just mentions that it might have macros or certain features or functions that make it this way. Do you know what so-and-so did to it the last time they were in it? User. I don't know. Don't uninstall anything. I'll grab another machine that has Visio Desktop installed on it. Okay, sounds good. Do you need anything else before I leave? User. No. The following week, another person in the department shoots a ticket in for the same issue, but on their machine. They actually have Desktop Visio, so I go back over. Web version says it needs Desktop. Desktop app opens, but is read-only and has warnings. Attempts to save a copy. The issue in the question becomes apparent. Another user in the department has locked the file. We get it unlocked and I go quietly back to my desk and permanently set my teams to appear offline. So I'm not sure I totally understand the issue, but I do hate when you're working with a bunch of other people. And if you have to lock a document or a file, at least make it known that you've done that, you know, so that people aren't making random changes and things like that. That's fine. Uh, just let people know so that they're not trying to utilize it and get these weird messages. Also, if you need help, put in a damn ticket. If it's urgent, you can set the urgency in most ticket systems where, you know, it's low priority, high priority, whatever. I mean, hell, even if you set them all high priority, at least the tech will be more willing to look at that than to receive a phone call or you standing over them at their desk. The one office where I worked, I wasn't doing tech support. I was doing QC work for other things, but uh, everybody was always coming to my desk asking me questions. And it was some days that I just, I needed to knuckle down and do things on the computer and on the phone. And really we were an open pool office. It was just, it was just horrible. It was like working in a warehouse. So I used to have this big poster board sign that I would stand up at the end of my desk, almost like a cubicle wall that would say, John's not in right now, but if you leave a sticky on this board, he'll get back to you as soon as possible. And, uh, for the first week or so people would try to peek around it and, you know, talk to me and I'd hold up my hand and then point to the sign. And 
after that week, they pretty much got the drill. Yes, I'm here, but I'm really not here. So, eh, doesn't always work. Of course, I was also bigger and meaner than everybody in the office, so it they got the hint pretty quick. But I need more information. Some background. I was trying to work on a ticket where an end user wasn't getting back to me. User 1 has submitted the ticket on behalf of user 2. I messaged user 2 after leaving user 1 a couple voicemails. Hey user 2, just wondering if you're still needing help with that program on ticket 123456? User 2, no response. The next day, I call user 1. Hey user 1, this is Gargrith from the IS service desk calling about ticket 12345. User 1, that's not my ticket. Me, yes I understand, I'm just reaching out because user 2 hasn't responded. Since you had opened the ticket and were the only contact info given, I thought I'd start back at square one. User 1. That ticket was for user 2. Why am I on it? Me. Since you had submitted the ticket, it'll show user 1 as the caller in the ticket, so I'm just calling you to get more information about user 2. User 1. I called about it, but the ticket isn't for me, it's for user 2. Holy cow. Me. Yes, I understand the ticket is for user 2. I'm calling you because I need additional contact info for user 2. At the moment, I've tried messaging them in Jabber, but they haven't been responsive. User 1. That's because they're not at their desk very often. You should call them. Me. I'm calling you because there was no contact information provided for User 2. I'm wondering if you have their number? Do they have a direct extension? User 1. They move around a lot and are in the kitchen. That's why they didn't answer your messages. I called and told them the message you left me. Me. Okay, is there a line to the kitchen I can call to get a hold of User 2? Also, do you know when user 2 may be away from the computer if they have any schedule or anything? User 1. I don't know that number. I'm just the manager of a couple sites and I'm at different locations every day. They're probably in the kitchen since they work there. Me taking a deep breath to try and compose myself. How did you call them and tell them the message I left you if you don't have the number to the kitchen? User 1. I called their direct extension. Do you have their number? Me. Resisting the urge to smash my head into my desk. Nope, I do not have their extension. I had only sent them a jabber because no other info. The user interrupts. I told you they probably won't answer you on jabber. They might not even have it. Do you want their extension? <laughs> Me, please. User 1. It's 12345. They might not answer though. Me. That's fine. I can call and leave them a message. Thank you for that information. I think that's all I need. So have a good rest of... User 1 hangs up without saying anything. So, user 1 and user 2 both sound a little dense. User 2 because they could have put in their own ticket. Like, they really could have put in their own ticket. Everybody at that job, I'm pretty sure, has a way to put in a ticket for IT help. Nope, they went to user 1 to have them submit a ticket on their behalf. Then user 1 doesn't put contact information or really any kind of good reference for user number 2 and then gets annoyed because they're getting contacted. I just, yeah. And then didn't even understand that you're asking for contact information. You asked even specifically for a direct extension. And then they went around and around and around and then finally said, well, do you want their direct extension? Uh, yeah. Dumbass. Caller was extremely agitated. Here's one from yesterday's call logs. Customer called from XXX saying she couldn't log into her mailbox using webmail because a window keeps popping up saying something about a file name so it won't let me type my password. 
She was extremely agitated, but I eventually calmed her down enough to try again while on the phone so she could read me what the pop-up was saying. It was offering to save the web page to her computer. I told her it sounded like her control key was stuck. She had mentioned her password started with S, and it was acting as if she were pressing control S to save the web page. She said, yes, I need to push control because the password starts with capital S. Oh my god. I explained that she should press the shift key to do that, which resolved the issue. I know the keys are generally next to each other on most keyboards, but really, how do you not know that's a shift and not control? I was thinking maybe they were used to using Apple machines, but I don't think they're any different. And it's not even a control key there, is it? I know you have a command key. And isn't it still shift for capitals? Yeah, pretty sure. Outlook on Mac. Hmm, speaking of Apple. So I just started my first help desk technician job last week to preface this. This lady was my second call ever, and it appeared an easy ticket as she just needed her password reset. <laughs> Little did I know. So I pull up office admin page to change the password and select change password on the next login. I call the client to tell her I reset the password and that she can go ahead and try to log in now with the new password and reset it on login. When she puts in the new password, she gets a fail to authenticate user error. I become a little flustered as this is supposed to be my easiest task and I screwed up right out of the gate. So I look over in a slight panic at my team member who has been training me and he fills me in that since they're on a MacBook, I'm unable to use the change password on first login with Office. I try to explain this as I'm having it explained to me and she's not having any of it. What do you mean? I've used Apple for over 10 years and always been able to reset my password. I continue to try to explain to her that it isn't a big deal. She just needs to tell me what she wants her password to be. Silence. I'm not doing that. I reset her password without the change at login selected to just a temporary password so she can log into her email on her MacBook. But she attempts to log into her email on her phone and now she can't get into her work email on her phone. She can log in through the browser on her phone but not her native iPhone email app. And she's pissed that she can't set her own password and doesn't accept that the Apple OS is having issues. Maybe our tier 3 is wrong, but he took the time to give me a satisfactory answer. She just didn't accept it. My doubts lie with her, not his explanation. She thinks they as the user should have admin privileges to do password resets and none of this would be an issue. I tell her I'll have to consult with some of my colleagues and I'll call her back when we have a resolution. I consult with our tier 3 at this point, explaining that she won't save the password she wants to set so he advises to do a remote connection and log into the admin page on a private browser through her machine and have her enter the password so it's never in plain text since that seems to be her concern and tell her to try using the Outlook app for mail on her phone. He didn't really have time to elaborate on the phone but didn't think he needed to as Outlook app was the easy answer. I call the client back to make her aware of what we think will help. She tells me very firmly she is using the Outlook app and that she even wiped the cache to clear user info and still couldn't log in. I try to confirm that she's using Outlook app from the iPhone app store. She says yes, she keeps selecting Outlook.com at the login page. My team member was monitoring the call at this point and looks at me wildly shaking his head no. I'm not familiar with iPhone, not really my job to be as we don't offer support to mobile devices, but we have to make a best effort to resolve the issue for the client. So he explains that she is using the native mail app for her iPhone and she needs to download Outlook for security reasons when accessing her work Outlook account. I try explaining to no avail, and at this point she's just downright belligerent. Because I've admitted I am not an iPhone user and we don't have a way to remote to her phone so I can offer better support. 
I pass her off to my team member because he explains to her that he uses an iPhone and he was able to log into her email through his phone on the Outlook app, but not the native mail app, and that it seems like her only solution is to use the Outlook app. She tells him that we need to figure this out, and it's unacceptable and is clearly a Microsoft issue. We are not Microsoft. So figure it out. He repeats that the issue is the iPhone app, not the Outlook app, and she can take the fix or not, but we have provided support to the best of our ability, and we will be closing this ticket. That was exhausting to retype and live. So if you read all that, please tell me they won't all be like that, because even my team member wanted to kick this lady off a bridge into a shallow creek. Well, better get used to it. Not only is your job going to pretty much be like that all the time, you're probably going to have that user calling you a whole lot more. She sounds like a regular flyer, so uh, yeah, be prepared. You're going to have to learn how to deal with her or learn how to bump up your sarcasm skills, whatever, and definitely get a thicker skin. Me, I can usually deal with it for a certain amount of time before I start to get really pissy. And uh, yeah, I'm not really cut out to do like customer service related stuff like that where I'm helping somebody over the phone because uh, the minute they start getting belligerent with me, I'm pretty much going to fire right back at them. So not sure I'd keep my job very long. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.